Hello and welcome to another edition of Mindshare Radio. My name is Kevin Whelan. Thank you so much, as always, for joining me on these lovely little private audios. I'm in, as I promised on uh, Friday of last week, I am in the process of just creating more content regardless of the quality of the audio. I've got two home offices set up, so this is a different mic than I'm used to. This is uh, just a Rode USB mic, and uh, it's not my my typical uh, condenser microphone. But hey, here we are, and hopefully it sounds reasonably okay, and, uh, and you're enjoying it. So today I want to talk to you about one of my favorite topics that's near and dear to my heart, and it's probably the one that is the hardest for people to do, but has the biggest impact and payoff if they do it right down the line. And you guessed it probably because you read the title, but today we want to talk about some of the benefits of, of niching or niching. And, you know, there's the obvious ones, and this is pretty common uh, advice. So, you know, take it for what it is. But but what I want to get into are some of the nuances of how it actually impacts the rest of your business down the line and how it makes other things a lot easier for you later on. Um, in particular, I think there's a few, there's about 20 or so that I want to go through. So the first one I'm going to talk to you about is uh, when you have a target, like when you have a target market, the the bullseye, the success metric, the the outcome is very clear in your mind. And it's like when you're, you know, if you're playing a sport or if you are, uh, you know, designing or creating something and you're, and you're picturing the end result in mind, it's a lot easier to go there in a straighter line. When you have a little bit of vagueness or ambiguity about either who you're helping or how you're going to help people, uh, or where you're trying to go for that matter. Um, it's, it's a lot harder to get there. And if you do, you're still going to be doing a lot more, you know, um, a lot less of a direct route, if you will. It's like when you're, if you've ever ridden, say, a mountain bike and you're crossing a very, you know, thin bridge, the goal is to look forward and ahead so that you're not looking directly at the wheel, where which would make you a little more likely to fall over. It's kind of the same way with positioning is when you have a very crystal clear idea of who you're trying to help and what you'd want to do for them as a result of who you're trying to help, then uh, it's a lot easier to get there. And I think success kind of follows more naturally than if you're trying to cast a wide net and then therefore you don't really know what direction to go because the direction is like north, northeast or northwest. And that can create a lot of confusion versus bang, be saying, you know, I'm going to go, you know, do north, northeast or whatever and, and have a more direct path to your goals. So number one is when you know you're targeting, it makes every decision easier. Uh, number two is you know where they go, you know where they hang out. So you can participate in online communities where they hang out, for example. So if, if the person you're trying to target is in a an industry community or, or a horizontal community of some kind, then you can go and participate in those communities online. And that's a really big benefit as well because it helps you to show up and to deepen your understanding of of, uh, of those folks as well. Um, the other one would be something like podcast guesting. So you can actually target the places that you go um, to, uh, to, to get in front of your target market. So that's a really big benefit as well. Um, number three is you can actually, as I kind of alluded to, you actually deepen your understanding of your target market because it's specific. You get to like become kind of a... A, uh, a searcher, a curator of content and information and then a gatherer of, of stuff that, that allows you to really kind of know your target market deeply and intimately. You, you know, it takes years and years to develop this. Uh, I've got a whole process for proactive research and that really helps to shorten that, that timeline to figure out who is my target market, what are their pains, desires, needs, goals, uh, et cetera, where are they getting hung up, you know, why are they buying, why are they not buying? And that really does make the rest of your marketing and your business a lot more effective the more you know about them. So uh, benefit of, of niching is you get to deepen your understanding about your target market, which makes the rest of your business um, more pointed and more powerful. 
Number four is you get to speak their language. And that's one of the biggest parts of marketing is, you know, you can say, if you say the wrong thing to the right people, uh, you're, you're, you're not going to resonate with them. So the only way you can speak their language is to know what language they speak, what words they use, what context they're in, and and be able to say things in the right way that is very context aware and that really does kind of tap into their uh, true current state and also where they're trying to go and where they're trying to end up. So that deeper awareness allows you to speak their own language and saying this, the things that they need to hear. You also get to speak to their pains. So it's really hard to know, you know, maybe you know that like if you're a marketing consultant, which you probably are, that they want to get more customers, more clients, more leads. Um, but the pain specifically might be due to the fact that they've got tons of investors or that they, uh, and stakeholders or that they, you know, um, have very little money or that, you know, to invest in marketing or, uh, any number of kind of contextual things that are going to impact that specific pain and, 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 and basically play into that. So it's all about the context when it comes to it. You know, everyone wants more customers at the end of the day, more money, but there's always constraints and there's always specific peculiarities that make the work that you do, um, far, far more, you know, different on a person to person basis. So speaking to their pains, saying the things they need to hear, and then uh, contextualizing both your ideas and the, the problems that you solve to their specific situation. So your content marketing, for example, becomes far more attuned to the nuances and specifics of your target market's world. And rather than speaking in generalities, you get to really kind of dial in and, and bring everything home to a very specific audience, which makes your content feel like it fits like a glove, which makes it very readable, consumable. And that's the main thing, right? Uh, everyone you know, kind of knows where to find information generally, but finding information that that is applied to their situation that you've done the work for them to contextualize it, to apply to their situation, to, to speak to the nuances uh, is a really big benefit. So that is number, number four, um, speaking their language. Number five, uh, people are more likely to share your content. So when, you know, when people are, when people see your content on news feeds or they get it via email and it's very specific to their situation, they're more likely to share it with others, either forwarding it to a friend, sharing it on social media, uh, clicking on it, engaging with it. And all those things are really, really valuable over time as well. So people are more likely to share your content if it's highly specific, relevant to them. Uh, and also then the benefit of that is that they, when they do share it, they're more likely to be connected to others in their industry so that you're more likely to get exposed to other people in their network in in their industry and that helps to amplify the content that you're producing so it makes your content marketing a lot more effective as well so that's number five is that people are more likely to share your content and more likely to reach others in the industry that way number six is you create better products and services so it's just a matter of working with the same people over and over again your work gets better. And that's one of the major benefits of doing this is that as your work gets better, so too your ideas, so too does the word of mouth factor, so too does um, this, the desirability of your products and services. And that's really one of the main benefits of specializing is that by doing the same things over and over again, it really hardens your methodology, it develops your systems, it creates the training, it creates a lot of spin-off, like sawdust type material that you can either package and resell or use in your, mark, in your consulting to make your, your services even uh, more effective. So your products and services get better. And when you try to focus with too many people, um, you're kind of always solving new challenges, which which makes it very difficult to really uh, make a really custom fit experience for any one particular person, which means you know, rather than getting to 90% effective, you're getting to 80% effective and it's harder. Um, but yeah, so it makes your services and products better, the more specialized you are. Um, number seven is you become rare and more valuable. And you know, by virtue of, specialization you may have the same services you may have the same general approach to marketing as say another person but if you're the only one specializing in a particular group of people or one of only a few people 
uh, you become a lot more sought after and a lot more desirable because there's not many other options. People can go with a general option and maybe help that generalist learn on their dime. And that may take more time and more iteration, more problem solving, which accrues more costs, or they can work with you. And you know, that's valuable, valuable in and of itself. You're less interchangeable so clients will work with you longer. There's a lot of benefit in, in being, you know, rare and more valuable. So that's, uh, that's one of the other big ones. Number eight is you can eat more easily sell group programs and info products and other other products that um, that a, a more generalist positioned um, you know program uh, would be able to do. So when you're selling group stuff, obviously if if you're selling a group training or group coaching program or a cohort based course, ideally people want to be around other people who are like them, so that not only is the content being delivered that's contextual, like you said, to to their needs, but that they're also learning from other people in the group who are in similar situations. Obviously, there are exceptions to this, but I know, for example, if I was, you know, wanting to join a community or a group coaching program uh, and I wanted to learn from others in the group, it really, really helps if they're going through very similar experiences. Otherwise, we're not really learning together and we don't really have the complementary experiences to be able to help one another. Uh, so it, it's harder to sell the group stuff. It's harder to sell general training to, a, you know, you can, you can as long as it's a specific enough training to a general audience that can work, but it, it works even better when you can create specific training for a specific audience. Same with info products. There's general information out there about everything everywhere. And yes, there's a time and a place for general stuff, as long as it's specific, like a subtopic, like, you know, positioning or something versus marketing for anyone uh, that can work. But if you can, if you can make it specific about what the topic of your info product is and what the the uh, the ideal member is, that really helps, uh, or ideal target uh, customer is, that really helps as well. It kind of creates that double specificity, which again goes back to becoming more rare, more valuable, uh, more context, more contextual um, for the needs of, of a specific group of people, which then makes it more likely to be shared, liked, um, uh, positively reviewed, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes all that marketing stuff even better for you. Uh, so that's number eight. You can more easily sell uh, group programs and info products in a, in a smaller niche. Number nine is you can sell similar kinds of programs. Uh, you solve, sorry, <laughs> number nine is you solve similar kinds of problems, making your engagements and programs more efficient and profitable. So by solving the same thing over and over again, you basically be, you basically turn what you do into more or less a system. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of creative thinking and analytical thinking and strategic thinking that you're going to do in your client engagements. There's no two projects that are ever the same, even if you work with very similar kinds of clients solving very similar kinds of problems. That's never going to go away. That's what you do as a consultant. But it gets a lot easier to create repeatable results, and 80% of the effort is kind of done through the development of your systems and methodologies, and the 20% is, is uh, focused on providing your unique perspective and your unique input. But that does make your work more efficient. So now, for example, if I'm working with my clients, I can also point them to some training that I've done in the past or you know, um, templates and resources that I've built in the past, either with other clients, for other clients, or just independently, or through the course of my memberships, um, my membership program. Uh, but creating that stuff becomes repeatable and reusable assets, and that makes all of my engagements faster. I don't have to re-explain myself every time, and clients can go far deeper on my latest thinking uh, just through having having all that stuff. So anytime you can make your engagements more profitable, more efficient rather, you also make them more profitable uh, just by virtue of doing less work and expelling less en energy to get a result. So that's number nine. You, you do solve similar kinds of problems, making your engagements more efficient and profitable. Uh, number 10 is you have less competition. So that's kind of one of the benefits of 
of specialization. So when there's fewer alternatives to you, you do the same thing for the same market, uh, you close more deals generally when presented in combination with other options that are less specific, less specialized, you'll close more deals on average. Uh, it'll also create less downward price pressure. So, you know, when there's fewer options, there's less likelihood that you feel like you need to lower your prices, which allows you to charge a premium. And that's it's that premium that allows you to invest more of your time into creating great products, doing marketing, having more margin in your day, more space around the work you do. And that price premium is really what you're going after. It's what you're in business for, um, is to create that that profit, which is comes from a price premium, unless you're trying to go with a small margin, serve thousands of people uh, model, and that's, that's a whole different game. But um, even in that model, you still have a little more wiggle room the more specialized you are. Just it means you work with a fewer number of people. So number 10, you have less competition, which allows you to close more deals and that leads to less downward price pressure. Number 11, uh, people will travel from further away to do business with you. So benefit of that obviously is that uh, you pass what I call the drive-by test, meaning people are willing to uh, drive by other businesses, if you will, virtually. They're willing to, you know, you're, like I work with most of my clients throughout North America, which means they've crossed, there's thousands of agencies between me and most of my clients, thousands of consultants. And the reason they work with me is because I'm the most specialized and the best fit for them, most likely. And uh, so that allows me to um, be at location independent. So it doesn't matter where I work or when I work. Uh, uh, it allows me to find clients from a much broader, further away kind of spectrum. And uh, yeah, in general, it just sort of um, makes for more flexibility and freedom in terms of who I work with, when and, and, and how. So people will travel further away to do business with someone if they're more specialized, especially as a consultant. Number 12, uh, more confidence delivering your work and confidence creates uh, confidence in you, which feels good, allows you to do your best work. You can't really do great work if you're feeling uh, distrustful of yourself or or um, just not very confident in general about what you're doing. And that can be a confidence issue, um, but sometimes it's a competence issue. Like you don't have enough experience. Maybe you're competent, but maybe you don't have enough experience solving those particular kinds of problems, which makes you feel uncomfortable. Uh, but confidence in you creates confidence in your clients as well, which allows them to relax, allows them to follow your process, and allows you to get great results for them and for everyone to be happy. When you lack confidence, your clients lack confidence. And when, when you both lack confidence, uh, the projects are, are not going to do super well. So number 12 is more confidence delivering your work, which gives your clients more confidence too. Number 13 is you'll have a better network, which you can cross-pollinate uh, opportunities with. So you'll meet more people. You'll meet people that are that are doing similar things. You'll meet people who uh, you could potentially sell to one day. You'll meet people who are selling different things to the same audience. You'll meet people who are loosely connected to that same audience. Like there's this whole web, this whole ecosystem that you kind of eventually tap into through specialization that you don't get as a generalist and that kind of hardens over time. Obviously your reputation really matters the more specialized you are because positive word of mouth travels, uh, but so too is the negative word of mouth. So that's the main risk about uh, niching that you have to be aware of is if you're going to niche, you know, you're, you are putting some risk uh, through your reputation, which means you always need to protect it. You always need to over deliver. You always need to go above and beyond. You always need to solve challenges head on. You always need to um, uh, make it right when you when you miss the mark. And all those things are important is if you have integrity, um, I'm not super worried about the risk factor. Uh, you know, there may be misunderstandings at some point in your career, and that's fine as long as you put an earnest attempt to not just make it right, but to make it right plus one. And that's really the biggest benefit there. So when you have a better, uh, you'll have a better network, which uh, can cross pollinate opportunities because people can intro you to more people down the line. And 
the more people you meet, the more likely you are to open up even more possible connections and, and opportunities within a specific kind of context, uh, which is your niche. So really, really valuable to have that network, which is crucial. And you can create podcasts and you can do all kinds of stuff and really develop those relationships in so many ways, LinkedIn and a whole bunch of ways. So being being in a small niche really helps with that network factor and that network is going to pay you dividends over time. Even if they don't subscribe to your newsletter or whatever else, they'll be in your network, which is the main thing. And then you just manage those relationships. So that is number 13. You'll have a better network, which can cross-pollinate with other opportunities. Number 14, uh, you can partner with others offering complimentary services. So just like I mentioned uh, with the network thing, you know, the more people you work with, let's say you specialize in marketing for X, there's someone else who's doing accounting for X, there's someone else who's doing uh, so, you know, I don't know, bookkeeping for X or legal for X, and chances are you can comp, you can, you know, uh, partner up on either take over each other's social media feeds or do some training for them. Like I, I do a lot of training for the software companies who sell to the co-working world, uh, so that allows me to get exposure to their audience and then drive more traffic and more of a subscriber base and more sales and more more uh, consulting gigs. Uh, to me so you can kind of partner with others offering complimentary services because you're not competing with one another you're both making your pie bigger growing your audience together and that's a really really beneficial thing especially when you offer very specific services for a very specific group of people there's a whole bunch of other people that you can partner with to kind of drive awareness to one another and again it doesn't cost you a dime and it only benefits both parties it's a making the pie bigger kind of situation so that's number 14 you can partner with others offering complimentary services Number 15, better social proof via logos, case studies, and improving the speed to, to trust. So the more you work with people who are in the same industry or uh, the same category, the more likely you are to have those testimonials, case studies, logos, that, that when you put those on your website, it makes other people more likely to trust you more quickly because they see that you're working with other uh, really great brands in the same industry and vertical, and that removes a lot of risk from them. Maybe they know those people so they can talk to them, but it allows you to sort of... Um, uh, have kind of a uh, really great social proof right off the top, which makes you more credible quicker, which makes you more likely to get more leads, more subscribers, more trust, uh, more opportunities, and that perpetuates as well, right? No one wants to take a chance on someone who's brand new to the industry or doesn't have any kind of skin in the game. So the more you have uh, in terms of social proof, the more likely you're going to get some benefits out of that as well. Number so That's number 15, better social proof via logos, case studies, and, and therefore improving the speed to trust. Uh, through credibility. Number 16, you become known for something specific, making you more likely to get referrals. So um, that's that whole, you know, when someone says, hey, I'm looking for, you know, a faith-based dog groomer. And you're like, actually, I do know someone who is a faith-based dog groomer. Let me make an introduction to you. It's a lot easier than saying, does anyone know like someone who works with dogs? It's like, works with dogs? How? I don't even, I don't even know where to start. And so Obviously, you don't want to go down to the faith-based dog groomer level of specificity. That might be too specific, or maybe it isn't. I don't know. But uh, you want to find a way to be specific enough that when people say, oh, you got to talk to the co-working guy, you got to talk to the, the B2B SaaS guy, you got to talk to the uh, something guy, gal, you know, person. And that's what you want to be known as. You want to be the, the something person, you know, and it feels like you're kind of pigeonholing yourself as a very small thing. And, but that's what you really want. You want the world to think of you whenever they think of X and X being your specialization. So that's a really big factor as well. Uh, so the more number 16, the more likely uh, you become more known for something specific, which makes you more likely to get referrals. 
Uh, number 17, you're seen as a credible expert on a specific topic, making you more likely to speak at conferences, on podcasts, and uh, be featured in news articles, etc. So you're just generally seen as more um, credible overall and having more to offer from, uh, from the perspective of your expertise. And uh, that's a really powerful thing as well. And that was really what I found most with co-working. Um, when I started specializing uh, in it, I then became a conference speaker, did paid seminars. I did, I, you know, I uh, get featured in, in articles and write-ups, became a panel discussion panelist, got featured on podcasts. So that's when things really started to take off is when I started to specialize. And I just don't think you can get that uh, as a generalist. And if you're too, if you're not getting any opportunities like that or nothing even close to it, it's probably a sign you need to focus in on a smaller market so that your, your expertise is more honed in on a very specific group of people, which really helps because um, people center around people and ideas. And uh, by focusing on a specific group of people, uh, you're more likely to get these opportunities and be seen as a credible authority on all of those things, which further perpetuates your credibility. Number 18, so your advertising is far more targeted. So if you are going to do advertising for yourself or whatever, um, then it's going to not only hit a very specific target market, and there's ways of doing that through Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and others, uh, but your conversion rate should go up as well because your messaging will all be very specific. You'll be reaching a very specific group of people. You'll be speaking to the right pains and challenges and needs and desires, and therefore your advertising costs will go down and your opportunities could continue to go up. So that's a really great one right there as well. And number 19, so that's number 18. Your advertising is far more targeted, and that create, creates better reach and better conversion rates. Uh, number 19 is you get to, you get to, and this is one of my favorites, you get to enjoy the feeling of being great at something. You know, competency is a really good feeling. And, you know, there's as creatives, uh, we, we tend to want to, you know, solve new challenges for new people all the time. That's part of what really kind of spurs us on as creative people. But, but, and that feels great, but you're also constantly being challenged, which also I love, I love a good challenge. Um, but when you start to specialize, you, be, you start to get really, really good at what you do, which allows you to just sort of move really fluidly. Picture, you know, uh, I don't know, a pro gymnast or something, and like they're just doing these tumbles and, and whatnot, and it just becomes like a fluid extension of who they are. And being great at something feels really good. So uh, while it might feel boring to do the same thing over and over again, it actually is never the same thing over and over again. Uh, and it kind of feels more like you're getting really great at a skill, like riding a bike. And that's a really great sort of feeling that you have over time. So you do get a lot of personal satisfaction and, and reward out of being great at something. Now, ideally, I'll say this because uh, it's important, is that whatever you do to specialize in, ideally you you like that group of people, that niche enough to want to dedicate several years to it. It's still, it is the shorter cut to success, but it still takes several, several years to build that engine and build that momentum. But then it becomes like a flywheel where you have all kinds of opportunities that come to you and it builds on each other. And uh, it's a really, really great overall thing to do and to have, but it does take time and there's no shortcut to doing it. You got to show up over and over again. Um, and that's, you know, that's the cool thing about it is you get to build that moat over time where most people won't do that. And then eventually as people drop off, you become kind of one of a few standing specialists and you kind of become a, an industry leader. Um, and which brings us to my last point is that, you know, the market disproportionately favors the the first second or the first or second, primarily the first, like 80% of results go to the first the first place in most markets. And I don't know what the, the number is, but let's use the 80-20 principle. The leaders get 80% of the results and then all the remainder, you know, 80% uh, of people get, get the 20% of 
of leftover results. And obviously that's not a perfect equation, but just to use the 80-20 principle at play, like if you look at the Google search results and you the first the first place ad gets significantly more clicks than the second one and the first place organic listing gets 80% of the of the share of clicks and et cetera, et cetera, down the page. And yeah, it may not be that specific uh, conversion or that specific um, breakdown, but it's significantly, you know, fortune favors the, the leader and by being specialized, um, that's going to really uh, amplify the, your your propensity for success. To they to he, to he who has more shall be given, uh, as as the saying goes. And um, and uh, you know, in the case of of uh, consulting, yeah, the more established you are, the more successful you are, the more likely more good things are going to come your way. So it just sort of happens that way, and becomes once that flywheel is going, uh, results get a little easier, opportunities come to you a little easier, and you kind of build up that unfair advantage. So. Those are my kind of top 20 reasons why uh, uh, benefits of, of niching. Uh, it's scary. Most people can't do this. It feels terrifying. They make up a million excuses in their head as to why, or we settle on something that's a bit too broad. And when we're a bit too broad, it's it's as effective as not being at all specialized. You may as well be completely broad. So uh, you kind of have to niche until it hurts a little bit. And, and then you kind of know you're in the right place when you're starting to question whether there's actually a business to be made there. Uh, that's usually when you're close to to finding a good niche because then you become a category leader and then you can really build a name for yourself. Uh, I aim, I, I say it's you know aimed to be a category of one so that there really are no other options uh, suitable or similar to you. And um, that's kind of the target. So if you need help developing your own niche, you know, hit, hit me up in the comments in the group, uh, let me know, and I'll see if I can brainstorm some ideas with you. Chances are you're not quite focused enough and that's okay. Uh, and if you are, then you're probably enjoying some benefits of that. So the question then is how do you double down? How do you succeed? By developing yourself in that niche so happy to help you anyway i can thanks as always for listening those are my top 20 reasons or benefits for niching and uh, i'd love to hear if you have any objections or other ideas for me to add this add to this list okay that's all for now uh be sure to share this with a friend if you liked it thanks so much bye